You're listening to GlendaleCC.org and to the Glendale Christian KY podcast on iTunes. We here at Glendale Christian Church hope that you have had a very Merry Christmas. And in honor of the holiday, this week, Executive Minister Brother Mike Bell brought us a message on why we celebrate. Thank you for listening, and as always, we hope this message encourages you in your walk to love and follow Jesus. Have a wonderful week. The first service I preached, and when I finished preaching, Tim said, let's end on a high note. We have a special music. And I thought, man, I thought we were on a high note, you know. But anyway, that's Tim, but we'll, we'll let it be. A few months ago, uh, Adam came and says, you're preaching on Christmas Eve. And I said, no, Adam, you're the new preacher. You ought to be preaching. And, and he said, no, I want you to preach on Christmas Eve. And uh, we argued a little bit, and then... Uh, but all the time, I knew the topic of my sermon. I knew what I want to talk about. Matthew is my favorite book of the Gospels and probably the New Testament. Matthew is a beautiful book. And uh, when uh, uh, Tuesday night, uh, when I recorded the, recited the scripture, uh, some of the managers looked on the wall because I looked at the wall. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when Mary was the spouse of Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child, and Joseph, her husband, being a just man, was minded to put her away privately. But behold, while he thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, and, and some of the staff were looking up on the wall. Some of the staff were looking up on the wall to see where I was finding it. But in Matthew, we were required to re- memorize the verses 18 through 25 of the first chapter, and I, I think that's good for all of us. Because the birth of Jesus Christ is more than just once a year. The birth of Jesus Christ is a a great part of our entire life. And, you know, as I love studying the scriptures, there's one aspect of studying scriptures that is so awesome, and that's word studies. And in this, uh, uh, you go back to Isaiah, and, and Isaiah says in the seventh chapter, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call his name Emmanuel. Uh, The choir singing Emmanuel. Uh, Emmanuel is such a wonderful term and such a wonderful statement because it's saying to each of us, God is with us. God is with us. Matthew says it's being interpreted. In fact, let's put up the scripture from Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on his wise when Mary, his mother, was a spouse to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. You know, she would be stoned is what the situation would happen. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Fear not to take to thee, Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Today I'm going to do just a lot of reminiscing and talking with you as we share our Christmas message together. And in the first service today, they sang Noel. And I got to thinking about that when they were singing Noel. You know, that's a beautiful song, Noel. But I got to thinking about that because this scripture 
And they shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save the people from their sins. As a Christian, we can sing no hell. No hell. As a Christian, there's no hell in our life because we have been promised that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. Amen? Are y'all going there? Some of you. Okay. Maybe you thought I said, are you going to hell? I, I, you know, I don't know. But anyway, because of Jesus, because of the scripture, we don't have to fear hell. We have no hell. And now this was all done that it might be fulfilled, which was pro- by the prophet, which I just read to you. Behold, a virgin shall bring forth the son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. I love that. I love that term, God with us. I love the term Emmanuel because it is such a beautiful name and it's constantly reminding us God is with us. And that's what Christmas is doing. Christmas is reminding us that God is with us, that he's here. A friend of mine in New Jersey sent me a a thing from This Week magazine. And uh, This Week magazine had an article about Newark, New Jersey. And in the 60s, Newark, New Jersey was one of the finest cities in America. It was listed as one of the top cities to reside in America. And Newark had a population of 450,000, lots of industry. In the 60s, they came riots. Newark is 10 miles from New York City. In the 2000, uh, in the 2000 census, Newark had gone from 450,000 in the 60s down to less than 200,000 people in residence. Newark had been destroyed by crime, by riots, by fires, by much destruction. And people had moved out. People were gone. And in 2000, there was a city councilman by the name of Cory uh, Corey Booker. Uh, and Cory Booker, uh, as, as a city councilman, uh, ran for mayor and was elected mayor in 2007. And Cory Booker went out and he got uh, people like uh, the uh, Oprah Winfrey Foundation and, and the Gates Foundation, and he got several different organizations to privately donate money. And he took the 20 parks in that city and he revitalized them. He remodeled them. He went to the worst housing development in the city where the crime rate was the highest, and he moved into that house, left his security, left everything, and the mayor of Newark was living in a housing project with the people. And uh, he, he revitalized the economy, but, but Booker went out, and, and, and let me say right off, I, I, I apologize for talking about a politician, because in today's society, uh, it may be good news today, and five minutes from now, there may be something come out and tell me about this politician that's bad news or uh, that a celebrity is, is evil. Uh, so it's bad talking about people today. But Cory Booker had gone in, and he'd made a great difference. He went, he went to uh, the airlines. What's the airlines that flies into uh, Newark? Uh, I uh, can't think, I can't remember the airlines, but he went to the airlines and they agreed not to hire anybody except those people who lived and resided inside of Newark. And, 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 and he, he did lots of great things and the city turned around and now the city is listed as one of the great places to live. 
because he went there and he became a part of it and he became a continental heir. He became a part of it and, 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 and he served. Now, I think that's great and I like that story and, and a friend of mine in New Jersey sent that to me and, and I loved reading that. But today I want to tell you that Cory Booker he went to Stanford University. He went to Princeton Law. He became a Rhodes Scholar. He's six foot three. He weighs 250 pounds, and, and he's a great uh, specimen of a man. But Cory Booker did something to make a difference in his community. But I want to tell you somebody did something even greater. Jesus Christ left the glory of heaven. Jesus Christ left the shining of heaven the right hand of God, and he came to earth, and he lived on earth, he was tempted, and he walked just as we do. And that is the greatest story that I have for you, that Cory Booker did all these things, but Jesus didn't go to Oxford, Jesus didn't go to Yale, Jesus didn't go to Princeton, but Jesus left heaven, the greatest thing that's ever been done for us. And that's why the name Emmanuel is to be celebrated and dwell with us. But the scripture says, For you know the grace of my Lord Jesus Christ, that through he, though he was rich, yet for your sakes became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Jesus Christ left the glories and treasures of heaven and came to earth to live in poverty so that we might be rich spiritually. I love it. And that's what Emmanuel means. Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus Christ coming to be with us. Kayla. It's Kayla this service, isn't it? Kayla. When Kayla was little, she would come and stay with us. And Kayla... Uh, you know, she, she'd stay with us, and one night we had a horrific storm. It, it was horrific, and uh, the lightning and the thunder and the wind, and, and uh, Kayla, we had put, put her in bed, but the storm woke her up, and we go in there, and, and, and uh, Kayla's crying, and she's scared, and we tell her, now, Kayla, there's nothing to be frightful of. There's nothing to be fearful of. You have Jesus that's right here with you, and, 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 and there's not a thing. And so we sit down with Kayla, we, we said a prayer with Kayla, and, and we went through all the, all the things of, of calming her down. And uh, so she seemed to be at rest. So we got up and went back to the living room, and, and just a few seconds after the next big clap of thunder, here we hear the little patter of feet coming down the hallway, and it's Kayla. And, and I said, Kayla, Kayla, don't you know I told you you got Jesus? And tears, you know, just coming. And, and I said, you got Jesus. There's nothing to be fearful for. And Kayla says, I know I got Jesus, but I want something with skin and bones. <laughs> I think Jesus looked down from heaven. And I think Jesus saw us in our desperate need. And Jesus saw us that we needed somebody with skin and bones. And that's why Jesus was born in a manger. He lived as a man as skin and bone. 
Now, how many of you ever remember a doctor? Larry, you remember a doctor coming to your house? Doctor coming to your house. Bill? Yeah, Bill, you're older than everybody, so you, you know. Doctor used to come to our house. Dr. Petway. And Dr. Pet, we, were, we lived in poverty, really. It was called Madison. But uh, we, we lived a very poor life. And Dr. Dr. Petway was our doctor. And uh, there were four children. When I was growing up, there were four children. And Dr. Petway, about every two months or about every month, he would bring this little box and put on our porch. And Mom would go out, and it was this orangey-yellow, thick vitamin that we had to take every day, one teaspoon every day. It ungodly was the worst tasting stuff that you ever put in your mouth. I think it rotted before he brought it to us. I know it did, it was awful. Uh, you remember vitamins like that, Bill, you do? Ugly, mean, smelt bad, taste bad. You couldn't get the taste out of your mouth, it was there. And so Dr. Petway would bring those, and Dr. Petway would come and, and he'd bring that little, that little black pouch and he'd open that big old pouch and he'd dig in it and he'd take out a little bag and he'd put some pills in it and he'd write that you couldn't read on that bag and give them to mom and it was always sulfa drug and, and give it to you. Well, one time I was sick and, and Dr. Petway came over to visit and I was sick in bed and our house was a shotgun house straight back and I was in the middle room and I was in bed, and uh, I didn't feel very well at all. And Dr. Petway comes in, and Dr. Petway goes over to that black bag, and uh, he opens that bag, and the bag's about that big, and Dr. Petway pulls out one of these things, it's a syringe with a needle on it that's twice as big as the bag, and he gets out this little bottle, and he starts filling that up. And I thought, oh, I know what he's going to do. And about the time he started for the bed, I went under the bed. I went completely under the bed. Mom grabs my hands, and Dr. Petway gets under the bed with me, and he takes my pajamas and yanks them down, and that needle that went from the bottom of my toes to the top of my head uh, went in and uh, injected all kinds of poison into my body, and... Uh, and I said, ouch, and probably a few other things. But the other day I was reminiscing and I was talking to my brother about Dr. Petway and some of the things that, uh, that we had growing up. Uh, how the milkman came and left milk on our front porch and ice and, the, and uh, cream on top. And we were reminiscing on those things. And, and we were talking about Dr. Petway. And I got to reminiscing and I was thinking about this message and I was thinking about the message that we're talking about today, God with us, Emmanuel. And you know what? I got to thinking about Dr. Petway coming under that bed. That's God with us. You see, Jesus Christ is coming to you wherever you are. Whatever your need, whether you're under the bed, and, 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 and honestly, it was a low-down bed. It wasn't real high. But Dr. Petway came into that bed and gave me that shot because I needed it. I was fearful. I'm still fearful of shots. I don't like them. But Dr. Petway came where I needed him. And Emmanuel is God coming in bone and flesh 
and getting under the bed or wherever you are that you need his presence, he's right there with you. And that's what Christmas means. Amen? That's what Christmas means. God with us. Emmanuel. What can we do? Tony Coppola is probably my favorite preacher to listen to. Tony Coppola is also a great writer, and if you've not read any of his writings or listened to any sermons, you should. My favorite sermon of all, you've heard me talk about it, it's Friday, but Sunday's a-coming, and it's an Easter sermon. I love it. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. The world may be going to hell in a handbasket, but Sunday's a-coming. Jesus is coming. And Jesus came. Jesus came. But in one, of, in one of Coppolo's books, he tells about going to uh, uh, Nordstrom's, okay, say that, Nordstrom's in uh, Beverly Hills, and that he had a friend that every year would take tissue paper and put it in a Nordstrom shopping bag and go to Nordstrom's to just walk around because every floor had music and had wonderful displays and, and that they would do that. And on Sharon and my bucket list was always that we were going to go to Chicago and we were going to walk down Michigan Avenue during Christmas and look at the displays and go into Neiman Marcus and look and walk around and just look. Well, Tony Coppolo tells about this lady that every year she'd fill up that, that shopping bag with uh, uh, a tissue paper and then she would go to Nordstrom's in Beverly Hills. One day, this lady was on the third floor. She was looking at the displays, listening to the music, sampling the samples that they had around. And the elevator opens, and it's one of the ladies from the street, uh, Vagabond. And this lady was poorly dressed, and you could tell she was soiled and, and that she had no money. And she's on this top floor, which has the most expensive dresses that they had. There was no dress on the floor less than $1,000. The clerk walks up to her, and this friend of Tony Coppolo's, she knew that any second they'd call the security guards to come and get her. But one of the clerks walks up to her and says, Madam, may I help you? And she says, yes, I'm looking for a dress. Now, this lady didn't have $10, let alone $1,000. And he says, I'm looking for a dress. I'm looking for a dress. The lady says, well, I'd be glad to serve you. We have some all wonderful dresses, and I think one that you will be very satisfied with. And the lady said, uh, what kind of dress are you looking for? She said, oh, I'm looking for a party dress. Well, she says, come over here and let's look. And she went through, and she picked out a couple of dresses that she really liked. And the sales lady says, now come and let's try these on. And uh, so they go back, and the lady, Tony Coppolo's friend, goes back to the dressing room, and she puts her ear up to the wall to hear what is said. And she listens, and uh, the lady, she looks at the dresses for a second or two, and she says, you know, I've changed my mind. I don't think I want to buy a dress today. And the sales lady says, that's quite all right. We're here to serve you whenever you would like. And here's my card. Would you take my card? And if you come back, would you remember me? Now, I like that story. Because it reminds me, Chris, 
where's Chris? Oh, down there. Do you remember when we went to a, gro a store in E-Town to buy a dress for your mom and we saw the one in the window and we really liked it and it was a wool plaid skirt? You remember that? No, you don't remember. <laughs> it was your brother. He's my favorite today. So we, we go in and look at this wool plaid skirt and I tell the sales lady, We'd been cutting wood, and uh, it was, you know, what I think's great about being a man at Christmas, you know, being a man at Christmas, we can do our shopping between now and Christmas. We've got, we got six more hours today to get our shopping done. It's no problem. We can get it done. You women, you take forever, you know. We can get her done today. And, and, and that's what this was. It was the last minute getting Sharon a Christmas gift. And we went in, and this plaid skirt, I just loved it. It was a wool plaid skirt. And the lady comes up and looks at me and says, Sir, I told her I, I was interested in the wool plaid skirt in the uh, window. She said, Sir, we have some cheaper things back here. She made me feel that high in front of my son that I love. <laughs> she made me feel that high. She really did. I thought of that. This lady at Nordstrom's took a person in poverty and made her feel special. And this lady that was waiting on me made me feel that high. Being a determined person, I said, I want that skirt. I had to take two credit cards and max them out. But we got that skirt. I can't say hell and high water in church, but nothing would come between me and buying that skirt. And that's what we gave her. I just thought, it, it fit, it fit. The words that a wife doesn't want to hear or a husband doesn't really want to hear, or no, a wife really doesn't want to hear today. I didn't tell this first service, so you get it. Honey, I know it's two sizes too small, but I thought it'd be motivation. <laughs> Jesse, that's funny, laugh. <laughs> I want to challenge you, and I want to challenge you right now that you go out and whoever you come in contact with, that you make them feel special. Because Jesus Christ said, you were so special that I left heaven, I left my Father, and I came down, I was born in a stable, I, I died on a cross to show you that you were special. And whatever you do, you go out and everybody you come in contact with, you let their life be better and shining brighter because they've come in contact with you. You don't make people feel bad, you don't make people feel small, you make people feel special. That's the word of Christmas. That is Emmanuel. Manual. He made everyone feel special. He made everyone know they were special because Jesus came in contact with them. And you feel special today because you are a child of Jesus. Aren't you? Aren't you? Aren't you? You are a child of Jesus and you're special. Then you take that good news out and you let other people because Jesus Christ became flesh and dwelt among us.
And the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call his name Emmanuel because he will make Charlie feel special. He will make you feel special. He will make Pat feel special. He will make Cordell feel special because you are special and Jesus loved you and he died for you and that's the Christmas message shall we pray Father we thank you for Jesus we thank you for the rich opportunity we have to worship him and Father as we leave this place this day may we go forth and may we shine and may we shine for the Jesus that's in us who died on a cross because of my sins. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for this Christmas time. And thank you for this church that we could shine out and make others feel special because Jesus is who shines through us. In his name, amen.